Hey, Pete the Planner here. Um, listen, I've been working on something for 15 years, and I'm so excited to introduce it to you. It is called Hey Money, and the whole point of it is this. You should not have to pay thousands of dollars a year to talk to a financial expert about your financial life and to get answers to the questions that you so badly need. And that is why we created Hey Money for about 20 bucks a month. We can help you with all aspects of your financial life, short of investment decisions. That's right. I'm just telling you how it is. Don't call us and say, hey, should I invest in this or that? That's not what we do. And let's be honest, those aren't the questions that keep you up at night. We can help you figure out how to get out of debt, to pay for college, how to uh, put together a budget, how to do all sorts of things. If you like this show, which of course you do, that's why you're listening, then get Hey Money. And I've got a special offer code, 10% off radio. Use the offer code radio for 10% off for podcasts and radio listeners only. Go to callheymoney.com. That's callheymoney.com, offer code radio. Good day. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we talk about financial preparation. Once again, uh, no questions this week. Why? Well, because something tells me that what sort of car should I buy questions really don't uh, seem that important right now. Joining me as always, Damian Dunn from Studio North. Hello, Dame. Hey, Pete. You feeling good? Feeling safe? Uh, feeling prepared? I am secluded away in Studio North, uh, impervious to whatever's going on outside. This show is dedicated to all those people out there buying all the supplies to protect themselves and their families, to create stability. But what we want to talk about today is how to financially prepare yourself for tough financial times. I'm going to be doing that for the next 30 days every day via live stream. All you have to do is go to Facebook and go to the Hey Money page. And I'm live streaming every day on the Hey Money Facebook page starting Monday, which, Dame, that is the 16th of March. Dame, do you want to know the weird thing about me streaming for 30 days during what is the beginning of a recession? Of what? 11 years ago, 2009, March of 2009, actually March 11th of 2009, we were doing every day for 60 days during a recession on CBS affiliates across the country in the form of 60 days to change. And we are going to redo that again via the interwebs. Things have changed. Uh, again, starting Monday, March 16th, go like the Hey Money Facebook page. That is Hey Money, not as in Hey as in uh, horses, but Hey as in HeyMoney.com. Go to, uh, actually, it's not HeyMoney.com. Go to Hey Money Facebook page, like it, and we're going to stream every day. Dame, let's start with the market. It is in flux. It is in chaos. I'm going to put the same question to you that I put to you last week. Where are you on the concern scale? personally with the market fluctuation personally uh, for for my own uh stuff my own household is that what we're going for we're going to start there my friend uh personally not concerned so on a scale of one to ten because we need to quantify this you are at a ten being ah and one being uh, where are you at it, i'll uh you know what i i will hedge this week and say 1.25 really yeah i'm i'm just You're that I'm, concerned <laughs> yeah 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 I, i'm still at a one uh, probably less than a one but you know, i'm with you right it's 
it's no fun to watch. And I guess the more you watch things fly up and down and down and down, um, no matter how resolved you are in your financial strategy, you know, emotion is emotion, man, right? And so that's what ticks it up to 1.25. But 1.25 will not lead you to action, will it? Yeah, that's exactly why I said 1.25 is because... you and I have talked multiple times over the past the last shows, hour, the last hour, <laughs> every hour. Um, even though we have, we've seen stuff like this before, we've experienced it. There's still that little flutter in your stomach every once in a while when you when you look at stuff and start putting pieces together. We're comfortable where we're at, uh, or at least with with what we anticipate is going to happen in the long term. I should say. But I don't care how who you are or how long you've been in the game. There's there's still just that little flutter, like I said, that that gets you that catches you off guard every once in a while. So that's why I'm going to say one point two five. You know what I started thinking about last night actually was there was somebody who, upon hearing the news of a nasty virus in China in late 2019, that said to themselves, "You know what? I'm going to take my gains." to go to some cash hopefully not to treasuries or what i'm going to go to cash and you know there's someone that did that there, there's some people that did that and theoretically they have prevented a 30 percent loss in their portfolio and if they wanted to they could have bought back in at any time now uh, and bought lower and i think that idea when it creeps into your mind is what starts to give you a bad idea to try to do the same thing now when it's too late yeah, and that person will have their book written uh, and published in, in the coming days, weeks, months. Uh, but you're exactly right. It's You know there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity. It has passed now. And to try and catch, I've seen this, this saying floated a few times, trying to catch a falling knife. Oh, uh, I, haven't heard, oh, let me, I have not heard that. You haven't trying heard to that? catch a falling knife. No, I haven't. Yeah. But you know, the financial industry is filled with little phrases clever phrases like we're going to keep some dry powder dry powder that's right uh yeah so uh, trying to make a a change now is really dangerous you know we hear the idea that uh, you shouldn't be concerned right now that's that's not exactly true dame because there are people that should be very concerned about the stock market and the equity markets and the bond markets for that matter right now who's at the top of the list and again, this is not alarmist. This is just honest. Who Who is at the top of the list of people who should, I was going to say should be freaking out, but that's not right. They should just be very aware and be ready to take some action. At the top of my list would be somebody who just retired within the last year or so. Same Z's. Yeah. I mean, I would even go two years, man, because sure, they got the, depending on how they're invested, they got a 30% up year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that 30% down two weeks is not fun depending again how they're they're allocated but help us understand why if someone retired retired in the last you know year or six months or god forbid december 31st why is this a problem so you've done all your your hard work over the years you you've met with your planner you've you've charted out your course and you decide i'm uh, i can retire and i can take x amount of dollars out of my portfolio to supplement uh, social security or pension or whatever it may be. And things are going to be great. And then you retire and all of a sudden you lose 30% of your value and you're taking additional money out of that portfolio. 
on top of that. That's what we call sequence of returns risk. Uh, yes, you have planned for a varying market and retirement as, as any good financial planner or any good person would. However, sometimes the order of those returns matters a great deal and how, how big those returns are on the downside specifically. And they can impact your future retirement significantly if, if they haven't been uh, planned for correctly. So um, if you have, if you find yourself in this, this position where you retired one or two years, uh, in the previous couple of years, you need to go talk to your financial advisor. Oh, immediately. I, you know, we talk about, oh my gosh, I got to do this right now. If you've retired in the last six months to a year and you're taking income off of your assets, you should be in your financial advisor's office right now. And they have to make adjustments because if you keep doing exactly what you're doing, you're going to go broke. What Dame? The math is something like 12 within 12 years. Um, I, I don't know if you have ever done that sort of thing, but it, it, it seriously happens in these situations. Now, the other danger zone is we have about a minute left here. Dame is people who are within a year or two of retiring. They were thinking of retiring. Their retirement date was December 20th. 4th 2020 they're not retiring no they're not retiring on december 24th 2020 no you're gonna have to push that back and believe me this is uh you know a distasteful decision but it sure beats the heck out of retiring in the last year or so and potentially having a really bad surprise and there's there's maybe some uh people who did retire that are in good shape and we can talk about how that may still be but uh it's not an out and out panic situation yeah, we'll talk about that after the break. I will say this: uh, short. There, there's a there's a two item list of the worst things you could possibly do right now. There's a three thing list. Number one, if you've just retired and you don't don't go talk to your financial advisor immediately, that is a big no no. Number two, if you're a year or two out from retirement, you have your date set and you're in the equities market right now and you retire anyway. Another big no no. People say, "Well, it's what I was going to do. I'm still going to do it." generally a big no-no. And then the third one's really obvious. And that's if you're more than 10 years out from retirement and you start diddling with your, yeah. w- with your investments right now, just leave them alone. So, all right, Dame, after the break, we'll come back. Uh, it is a special COVID-19 episode of the Pete, the planner show. Sorry, y'all. I don't like it either. I'm Pete, the planner. This is the show. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Hey, all, starting on the 16th, March 16th, I'm going to be streaming streaming live on Facebook every day for the next 30 days, helping you uh, prepare your finances, preparing you to hunker down appropriately. No, no big language, just action, just how to. That's what we do, practical advice. So go to Hey Money page on Facebook. So just on Facebook, search the words, Hey Money, that's H-E-Y Money, like our page, and every day I'm going to be streaming. I've not picked the time yet, which is, Dame, that's not really good for driving an audience somewhere is when I have not selected the time yet, but I will live stream and then it'll live on there as a recording, uh, but we're going to try to get you through the next 30 days. A lot of people working from home, so and your kids are going to be learning from home, so I want to teach you as well. We're going to have some serious personal finance econ lessons over the next 30 days. You, me, and 
Dupree. I don't know. Is that a movie or something? Was that, was that the name? Maybe. I'm not sure. Dame, you made a really good point during the break that is really, really important. And that is, in the last segment, we just said if you've retired in the last year or two and you're taking income off of your investments, that you need to go see your financial advisor immediately. And Dame, the best financial advisors who have prepared for this, not even knowing something like this could happen, what are they likely to tell people to bring comfort? What what have they done to the portfolios to make sure that this giant you know, 30% dip does not impact uh, these recent retirees? Most financial planners will have prepared a portfolio to weather something just like this, whether it happens uh, now or 10 years after you retire, whatever it may be, they have prepared the portfolio by having a certain number of years worth of income set aside in extremely low volatility instruments, whether that's just a straight money market fund, whether that's uh, typically treasuries, which, well, but the cash is there and available for you. That means that you don't have to sell out of your equity positions or your bond positions to raise cash right now when values of those things are, well, dropping precipitously. You can have the time to uh, let those investments regain their value and then sell in the future to start to replenish that money that you're going to use for your month to month expenses. So I know we talked in the first segment that you should go see your financial advisor if you retired in the last year or so. And I still believe that to be true. Even if you have a portfolio that's set up like this, just to touch base with, with your advisor, to let them walk you through whatever concerns you may have to let you sleep just a little bit better at night. Uh, so even if you know your portfolio has been set up properly, uh, I encourage you to still reach out to a, your advisor, touch base, uh, have that quick five, 10 minute conversation if that's all it takes. But if it requires an appointment, go in, sit down, have the face to face and you will uh, walk out of there assured, reassured as at least as, as much as you can be in times like these that, that you have prepared for an instance just like this. Dame, I do have to uh, pick a small bone with you. And actually, the first sentence you said is where we just disagree, or maybe you misspoke. You said most financial advisors do it that way. I don't think that's true. I think really good financial advisors do it that way. But I don't think most. I don't think most advisors have a pool of cash within the portfolio to weather storms like this. I, I think most advisors have the asset mix equities and bonds and there's not that cash holding or even that treasury holding that gets people through that i just from not from what i've seen it's either that or every advisor you know happens to be a really good one i said listen i I don't know what kind of advisor you were or who you hung around with when you were an advisor but the group that i i ran with we were solid dame there's no way most financial advisors do that Really? Okay, probably. I don't need to be right here. I'm just. Do you really think that? No. You think probably most? Not, probably not most. Not most, because I I have to broaden my uh, definition of advisor a little bit to to yes, who people may be go. working with, and I I have a very narrow scope of who I consider to be a uh, to be oh an actual gosh, financial I, advisor. <laughs> um, I like when you get like this. And so, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have certain credentials after your name to be an effective financial advisor. I'm not saying that at all. 
but uh, there are, and like any other profession, there are varying, um, varying amounts of uh, of people love, who are. You want to back uh, it? You want us to be done with this part? No, uh, we'll we'll finish it here in just a second. Just go talk to your financial advisor. You you won't be sorry you did. And if they right, here's, you find out they're not looking out for your best interest, then maybe you find another financial advisor. But uh, it's not an. Uh, yeah, now I'll stop. Yeah, you should have stopped 30 seconds ago. All right, so here's the thing. When you do go to your advisor and you're concerned if you've just retired, here's all you need to say. Can you help me understand how this market downturn will impact my income strategy off my investments? And if they say it doesn't, uh, just say how so. That's it. All right, Dame, let's move on to the economy. Last week when we first you know, talked about the impact of COVID-19 on people's finances, I'd like to say we were first to air with COVID-19. But you know what? I feel like last week was the first major conversation we had about it. My feeling was that the economy and and unemployment and lost wages and all these sorts of things were going to be the big concern short of the actual health of our society at large. I I stand by my comments. I I feel like the economy is going to be hot garbage for the next six to eight months And that is why we are doing a daily live stream starting on March 16th on the Hey Money Facebook page, because we need to instruct people on how do you get lean? How do you shift your mindset into a survival mode in these times? Dame, no one's going out to eat. No one's going to ball games. No one's going to plays. No one's going to, no one's just going shopping. This is a problem for our consumer-based economy, is it not? Yeah, the economy is in for a big amount of disruption for the foreseeable future that doesn't just mean uh people are going to be selling less stuff that means that's going to impact the entire um, organization that that is not selling stuff now and if we can't uh if we can't manage to maintain some kind of economy through whether that's uh, natural you know consumerism type activities or uh, stimulus that that may or may not work uh, as intended uh, there are going to be significant effect, side effects of, of this virus. You know, I think the government is going to take action in terms of the economy for people's personal finances. And, and they're going to do what they, they know to do. They're going to new, do what they think is best. And I'm not here to complain about how it won't help certain populations. But I do want to point out how it will not help certain populations. I'm not complaining because... There is no perfect solution here. I think all of us are between a rock and a hard place. But here's my concern. Um, Number one, if there is a payroll tax holiday, that helps people like you and me, Dame. It does not help people who have irregular hours or are in the gig economy because if you don't have hours, you don't have a paycheck and a payroll tax holiday doesn't matter at all. Now, look, if, if the payroll tax holiday is what I read it might be, which is not only do you, Dame, as the employee, don't have those obligations uh, for Medicare and Social Security taxes, but as your employer, me, I don't have to pay those on your behalf either. That helps you. And as a leader of our organization, you as on the executive team, the lack of that obligation to pay everyone's payroll tax, that's a huge advantage to our business. But Dame, if people are a bartender or an Uber driver or they deliver DoorDash or Grubhub or whatever, none of this matters. And so the people who need help the most, like always, don't get any relief. And and 
that's a problem. So here's what we're going to do. I I didn't even get to let you say anything about that, but we're going to do it after the break. Uh, So coming up after the break, we're going to talk more about this idea of what does economic stimulus do? Where does it fall apart? And uh, what should you do to make sure that you don't fall apart? All of that is next on this special COVID-19 episode of the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, the unfortunate episode. Uh, what, what are we to call this, uh, Dame? Chapter two of the very special COVID nineteen edition of the show. Last week was, I guess, chapter one. I don't know how. You, anyway, Damien Dunn, Pete the Planner here, uh, talking about how you can prepare yourself financially for what is about to come. We're not too much in the panic game, but we are in the preparation game. I'm going to be live streaming every day for the next thirty days, starting tomorrow if today is sunday when you're listening uh march 16th on facebook all you have to do to see it is go like the hey money page and i'm gonna take you through uh, a 30-day program to prepare your finances to come out the other side of this thing clean as a bar of dove soap dame so here's what's going to happen there's going to be a stimulus bill in which there's going to be a payroll tax holiday, payroll tax cut for the rest of the year. That is likely to happen. That means that your paycheck will increase. I mean, I did the math on your page. I don't, have you done the math on yours? Nope. nope. It's pretty good. I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it can create some stability. It, it really can. The issue is that when these payroll tax holidays are rolled out and our paychecks do swell a little bit, or the better way to say that, Dame, is that we get to keep a little bit more of the money that's ours anyway, uh, we're going to be told to part ways with that money immediately in order to get this thing started. We, we're going to be told to go out and shop and buy things and and help small businesses, which you know I'm not dismissing the need to help small businesses. But Dame, I'm not so sure going out to spend money when we're all pretty unstable, is the best solution to this problem. There are some people that that may apply to, where you could look at this as uh, spendable money. They have already prepared for whatever may befall them with the proper amount of emergency fund that we we rail on frequently on the show. but there are a great number of us who aren't quite prepared and we need to take this opportunity, this little uh, bit of, of stimulus that we have available to us now or, or might, I should say, soon uh, to put ourselves in a much better position before things get really potentially pretty dire uh, for for some of us. You know, let's, let's actually get into the nitty gritty here and get slightly uncomfortable if we can. Who should go out and spend the money? I want to I want to give some examples here. Um, as you would hope your dear host, I do have, uh, three months expenses set aside in my own personal life, which is an emergency fund. Although I would argue in times like this, six months expenses is what's really going to do the job of if it hits the fan, if it Mm -hmm. hits the fan, I also have six months set aside Dame. However, as a business owner who has a pretty decent sized payroll for our, all of our coworkers, I don't feel like I can go out and stimulate the economy with my larger paycheck that comes via this payroll tax holiday because I feel like I need some dry powder in case I need to pump money into our business. However, 
I think someone like you who also has a healthy emergency fund who doesn't have the payroll aspect of things to worry about. Couldn't it be argued that someone like you is exactly who should pump money into the economy? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm listen. I'm not patting myself on the back here because I've managed, you're not flexible enough to do it because you're out of shape. Essentially, yeah, that's the first reason. But my wife and I have done a nice job preparing for um, financial events that would normally cause us to have to, you know, charge stuff on a credit card or ask friends or family for money or you know take an additional loan out or charge credit card debt. Um, we are prepared for some really unfortunate events. So we can either take the, the money if it's, if it comes through, uh, to go out and, and spend local economy to try and help those that are around us. We could uh, donate it to, uh, some, some sort of charity that's going to, uh, you know, maybe be set up to help those who lose jobs or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, there there are folks who can go do that, and you know, I hope they they weigh their options uh, with the, the right amount of prudence, and that if they feel that they can go out and spend that money to help those that are around them, whether it's spending or, or donating, um, I hope they consider that. Yeah, I, I don't think, and, and here's the other part about economic relief and stimulus: if you're suffering from being unprepared for this moment. And I'm not beating you up for that. You either are prepared or you are not. And if you are not prepared, I'm not beating you up by saying you're unprepared. You're just unprepared. If you're unprepared and these things start to happen, the economy is going to be how it is and you're going to feel the pain and you have a slightly bigger paycheck and you are stressed, what is a stressed person who is scared likely to do to seek relief, Dame? Are they likely to stack the dollars or are they likely to Go have a meal or go to the mall and seek dopamine hit, hits for that relief. What are they likely to do? That's exactly right. They're going to go seek that relief. And we see that uh, in in different segments of our population uh, around the country now that, that struggle with this type of thing all the time. Uh, they they try and figure out a way to distract themselves from the the pain that they, they may be in, in, in encountering with, uh, with the financial seriousness of what's going on. And though they don't want to, they make an additional poor decision uh, that they could have potentially avoided. So no, they're, they're going to go spend the money uh, on something that is a, as a temporary relief, but won't provide any long-term stability. So there, here are two very practical things I want everyone to do. And we're going to give tips like these for the next 30 days over on Facebook starting tomorrow, March 16th. Uh, just like the Hey Money page, and we're going to be streaming live, and by we, I mean me, every day. Dame, I'm the only person in the office. I made a mandatory work from home for everyone else. Our theory, of course, is uh, if there's one person in the office, and it is me <laughs> being the man behind the curtain, no one's spreading germs, right? It's just me. Uh, so I will be running the live stream for the next 30 days. Dame, but here are two practical tips I want to hit on right now. Number one, I want everyone to go to their latest pay stub and I want them to see what their Medicare and Social Security tax is because I want them to know, Dame, how much will be available to them if there's a payroll tax cut, right? Isn't that what they should do? Sure. Yeah. They might as well be informed. Number two, what they should do. And uh, Mrs. Planner and I actually had this conversation last night. It's slightly uncomfortable, like most of our conversations. I think you need to identify the hierarchy 
or the order in which you're going to access emergency funds in the event that you have to access emergency funds. Because unfortunately, what people do when they're not level-headed and they are forced to make a last-second decision to access capital, they flail and sometimes make big mistakes. So while we are still somewhat level-headed, despite the fact that we're rushing towards toilet paper like it's Black Friday on a Cabbage Patch Kid, I think we should look at our assets and say, okay, if we need to start liquidating some things and need some money to pay the mortgage to do that, what order should we do that in? I'm curious, Dame, this is a test, and yes, I put you on the spot. Have you thought through that yet? First of all, a Cabbage Patch Kid? I don't know what year it is. All right. How should you look? What order should you liquidate assets? Is that what we're going for? No, you were trying to make fun of me and you didn't listen to the question. The question was, have you personally thought through what order of your assets you will access if things get hairy? Or, you know, here's the thing. You've got your emergency reserve, so maybe it's not the best question. Yeah. It's a better question for people who do not have an emergency reserve. What's the plan? Do you just run up credit card debt? Do you try to access your 401k and take out a loan, which is generally a horrible idea? How do you how do you advise people that when they call you and say I need I need money, what's the how do people get money when they have no money? The first place you look is your budget. I, you're going to have to do some spending inspection first. I, see if you can scrape up anything together, uh, anything that you're normally spending to uh, you know, accumulate some cash quickly. Beyond that, um, gosh, I don't know. There's there's no real great answer there. I would, do you feel like there's a, some low hanging fruit? Um, no, I, I think it really gets into, and this is why, I mean, again, we created Hey Money to help people come up with these decisions so they don't just guess, you know? So if you want to learn more, go to callheymoney.com, offer code radio. But Dame, it usually becomes like, okay, well, we're going to go into a little bit of credit card debt, but the, you know, you don't want to break glass in case of emergency if the glass contains your 401k behind it. Coming up after the break. More of this, the biggest waste of money of the week, and more. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is my spring break airline tickets, which are non-refundable. Dame. I mean, how was I supposed to know back in January? I guess I could have just looked at the news. And as an expert in pandemics, I should have known we would have gotten to this point. Yeah, of course. You know, I'll be honest, though. We're going to, we were, we have not fully made the decision to not go yet, but we're pretty close. We're still a couple weeks out. We're going down to essentially a retirement community in Florida. That doesn't make a lot of sense. No. I mean, I don't need my little germy kids taking out an entire group of elderly folks. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see I, you know, uh, John ahead. John Acuff posted a, a tweet saying like two years ago, he and his wife were saying, you know, for our 20th anniversary, let's just plan everything out. We're going to go to Italy. And it was supposed <laughs> to be in late March. <laughs> Yikes. John Acuff, good guy, good writer. Absolutely. Love him. All right, Dame. Um, so... Here's the thing. I want to tell you something. On Thursday of this past week, at around 2 p.m., prior to heading over to Fox 59 to do a segment about the economy, I went to the restroom. And upon completing that, I went to the sink. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to get after it. Damn, I had the best hand washing of my life. I had such a rich lather. I probably washed them for a good 90 seconds. 
I did not know one could uh, glean so much pleasure from just a good sudsy experience with oneself uh, on the hands specifically. And, and Dame, I wonder is the, is the lesson in all of this is going to be that like, man, hand washing, not so bad. Remember there was a food when you were a kid and you didn't like it. And then you realize, you know what? I do like tapioca. Yeah. It's texture is a little weird, but it's delicious. Is that what we're going to learn here is that hand washing is pleasurable? I can't believe you didn't know that already. Well, I wash my hands, but I, like we talked about on the show last week, I'm on, at best, I'm a nine second hand wash guy. I, I went 10X on that sucker, took it to 90. It was great. Was this in a public bathroom? It was a public. A guy came in and and he walked in and, and I was like, uh, and he was like, excuse me? And I was like, uh. And it was weird. He yeah. was a weirdo. He was a weirdo. <sighs> Dame, do you think, uh, okay, so you know what bothers me uh, besides just about everything um, is there are people right now just so focused on how they can take advantage of this environment we're all in to make money. Not entrepreneurs. But just real ugly, like, all right, so people are going to be needing new doormats. We need to invest in doormat companies. Do you think it's gross to look at situations like this of what companies are going to be good on a comeback? Or do you think that's just smart investing? Because sometimes I feel like it crosses the line. Um, It's not something that I fancy doing myself. Uh, It does feel a little icky to me, but... You know, I, I guess there are, you know, wolves out there that are, are willing to uh, look beyond. Well, I said wolves. I didn't say wolves or anything like that. <laughs> wolves. That made me laugh. We needed that. Damn, well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But it, it, there's, I mean, you know, people, people just have a proclivity for some things like this. And they, they are always on the lookout for the next bargain. I'm probably going to invest heavily in essential oils. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. That seems rude. Uh, Dame, is it worth covering any current financial events this week? Or since everything is a current financial event this week, does it even does it even really matter? Okay. You know, I saw something this week that I think will come to be true. Someone said what will end up here is that we're going to change the efficiency of work culture in terms of remote work during this period. And theoretically, we're going to change the cost of college education because we're going to learn that technology can do the job better than physically being there. Do you buy either of those arguments? I I had a somewhat similar thought this week, uh, thinking, you know, everybody's going to be working from home and this might become more of a new norm. Is that going to have an effect on REITs? Is real estate going to become, well, so we've got these massive office buildings all over the country. And if you want to talk about how to build uh, intergenerational wealth, it's usually with some massive building downtown. Um, However, a lot of companies are REIT companies, real estate investment trusts go in and buy these buildings and then uh, have investors that come along and help fund that. And then they kick off a nice little uh, dividend to those, those investors as well. But if work is changing to where that real estate is not as profitable or as in demand as as it is now or was, you know, 10 years ago, 
is there going to be a, a substantial ripple effect through the real estate market that makes uh, commercial real estate not as attractive as it once was? That's really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I feel, I feel that's possible. I will say that you know you work remotely, and your entire team works remotely, and you there's some bumps, there's some roadblocks, so there's some. It's sure. not all beautiful. Um, yet you've learned to adjust. You've gotten better at it. And I think sort of the funny thing, and funny is the wrong word, you and your team are teaching the rest of our team how to effectively work remotely and and still feel connected. I, I feel like, for me, video chat is essential to still feel connected to your coworkers. So if you want to talk about organizations that are going to make out like banshees during this uh, apocalypse it's going to be organizations like Zoom or GoToMeeting, right? Yeah, and I think there are some companies. I think you know, GoToMeeting has has uh, really upped what they are offering people for no charge, or, or offering uh, you know increased free services to try and help people out during this this period where you know a lot's just in flux. So good on them for not just gouging in instances like these, but actually trying to be a great societal partner to people who are already shaken and trying to figure out how to, how to just keep doing what they're doing. So another hot take on the internet this week that there's nothing wrong with price gouging because it's pure economics. Do you think we should just throw that person in jail or what, what, what do, you, do you, do you believe that? Cause I'm a, I, I'm a markets guy. Like I, I know that capitalism is not super popular these days, but I still am a proponent of it. Um, but that seems a little much. Do, do, do you you don't subscribe to price gouging, right? No, I'm not a fan of it. There's you know supply and demand. I'm a big fan of of natural market economics, but there's just times where people take advantage of the situation or take advantage of other people who really are in no place to be taken advantage of and that's well that should weigh on them morally and uh, i wouldn't mind if they go out of business we got about a minute and a half left the last couple of weeks you and i've been talking a lot about refinancing mortgages do you think people should pump the brakes on a little bit until we see how things shake out or do you still think or maybe it's just based on the idea that you've got a healthy emergency fund and then that is a person that should refinance but not someone who has to stretch to make it happen, right? Sure. Rates have actually crept up over the last week and a half, which is mind-boggling for a lot of folks. But um, just pump the brakes. Rates will come back down once everything starts to settle out a little bit. The volume, I mean, banks are swamped with with applications right now. And uh, once once the demand drops a little bit, then the rates are going to come back down too. So if you don't already have an app in or a rate locked, Take a deep breath. Uh, they, they, they aren't going anywhere for a little while, so don't worry about it. You know, uh, we're glad that uh, hopefully you all are safe and you're taking actions. We want you to flatten the curve, right? We want you to make decisions not just for you, but for all of us. Please wash your hands. <laughs> Please don't go out if you have a fever or a cough. Make good decisions. All right. M tomorrow, March 16th, Monday, on Facebook, I'm going to be streaming live every day for 30 days. We're putting together a specific plan. 30 days to change is what we're going to call it. So go to the Hey Money page on Facebook. That's the Hey Money page. And follow along. We want you to be prepared. I, I am teaching class. Just like my kids are off school starting on Monday, 
They will have their breakdance lessons from me in the morning, and I will teach you about money after that. Send you good vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget, especially these days. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. Mm-hmm.